Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of The Spectator and the editor of its US edition. We thought that 2020 was going to be all about the presidential election, but now it will forever be the year of the pandemic. So instead, Americano is going to look at how COVID-19 is transforming the United States and its politics. There's a lot to talk about, perhaps even more so than before. So please keep tuning in. I'm joined today by Kate Andrews, who is The Spectator's economics correspondent. And we're going to be asking, would Joe Biden pass a Title IX investigation or case? Kate, for our British listeners who probably aren't really up to speed, can you explain what Title IX is and why it's in the news today in relation to Joe Biden? So what we're looking at specifically is the guidance that was issued during the Obama administration to college campuses around how they should handle accusations of sexual misconduct, assault, or rape. And the guidance was hugely weighted towards the accuser. The person who believed that they were the victim in the situation was to be believed by the administration, essentially regardless of the evidence around it. So it would happen very often that the accused, and that was usually a man, would come into an unregulated tribunal in which they would be suspended or expelled and they wouldn't be able to see the evidence against them. There wouldn't be any cross-examination of the accuser, not not by the accused, but by anybody. And it was resulting in, in plenty of lawsuits, as you can imagine, because across the country you had men accused of sexual assault and it didn't matter whether or not the police thought there was evidence to uphold this, college campuses would would take the side of, of the accuser with or without the evidence. So the Education Secretary, Betsy DeVos, has changed some of that guidance and, and brought in new regulations. She's more narrowly defined what sexual harassment and assault is. Some tribunals were, were even using language, gendered language, to make these accusations against people. So she's more narrowly defined that. And I think, crucially, it's requiring schools to actually show the accused the evidence against them and also to to cross-examine the accuser. So the sense here, of course, is, is that you have to build in a, a fair process, due process into the system for both the accuser and the accused. And, and a lot of people think that during the Obama administration, the accused was not getting their due process. And I think that the goal of, of DeVos is, is to bring that back in. Now, Interestingly, Joe Biden today has said that he is opposed to these changes, and if he were elected president, he would go back to the Obama administration guidance. And given the accusations in the past few weeks against Joe Biden from former staffer Tara Reid, one does have to wonder if Joe Biden himself would pass a Title IX inquiry. Given how they work and how they operate, there's really good reason to believe that he wouldn't. And then you have to ask, you know, if he is insistent that he is innocent and he didn't do anything wrong, why is he insisting that others who are accused have done? And why is he insisting that they shouldn't have a fair and due process as well? It's absolutely extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, it kind of suggests a lot of people felt that the Democrats have been very brazen in their attitude to the Tara Reid allegations that have come out against Joe Biden and they sort of have been, really. I mean, it's astonishing, I think, the double standards that they apply. When an accusation is politically useful for them, such as Brett Kavanaugh, they will go to town on it. And then when it's not, they will say, yes, women have to be heard. But in this case, we know this is not a credible accusation. 
You're totally right, Freddie. Uh, if we look at the, the accusations that were made by Dr. Ford in the Brett Kavanaugh case or Tara Reid against Joe Biden, it's very hard to say that you would believe Dr. Ford and not believe Tara Reid. In fact, there's there's reason to think that Tara Reid has brought forward even more evidence mm. against Joe Biden than Dr. Ford had. If you are going to go for a policy of believing all women, you can't exclude the ones who are politically inconvenient. And I agree, it's been brazen and, and really quite uncomfortable to watch many members of the Democratic Party just try to brush this away. And I've seen some some excuses which just would not hold up under any other circumstances, like, oh, well, I've known Joe for years, as if somebody you've known for years can be capable of sexual assault. I mean, imagine if that were said about the Republican Party or Brett Kavanaugh or Donald Trump or anyone else. Yeah. I'd recommend an op-ed in the New York Times from, from yesterday. It's written by a woman named Linda Hirschman, and it's titled, I Believe Tara Reid, and I'm Voting for Joe Biden Anyway. Yeah. And I mean, I, I laugh when I read it. That's why I clicked on it. But it actually makes for some quite uncomfortable reading. But perhaps one of the most honest reflections on the situation that I've seen from the left so far, because she basically makes the utilitarian case for still voting for Joe Biden, but not in a hypocritical way. She says, I, I do believe Tara Reid. Here's why I'm still going to vote for Joe Biden. And it's, it's difficult to read, but it's more honest than what I've seen from most of the Democrat Party so far. Well, I've seen quite a few sort of feminist takes on it, which are that they're both by our standards, because, you know, if an accusation is given, it is credible by its nature. By our standards, they are both rapists because Trump's been accused X many times. But Biden is clearly a slightly less bad rapist. So we're going to vote for him. It's which terrifying is, stuff, isn't but it? But people actually trot out these arguments in, in earnestness, don't they? Well, they do. And I, I think the scariest thing about that, it, well, there, there are several scary things. The first is that none of these men have actually had due process. And I feel very strongly that actually for the women involved, it's important to feel like there can be some kind of justice. If you think you've been sexually assaulted or raped, I think it's really important to go through a process in which you could be vindicated, not one in which you're going to be tried by media over and over again. But also, as you say, Freddie, I mean, is this where we're at? Are these our standards? As if, well, you know, one grope or one sexual assault's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things because the other guy's so much worse. I mean, this is a horrible place for our American democracy to be in. And I'll put my cards on the table. I'm historically a Republican voter who has not who's not a fan of Donald Trump. And I was I was really hoping the Democrats would put me in a position where I could vote for a Democrat this year. But I think it's been really painful to watch the response from the party essentially be to be on this moral high ground for the best part of four years, saying we're so much better than the other guy, even if you don't agree with us on the economics, even if you don't agree with us on the spending, at least put us in charge because, you know, we're going to have a fundamental respect, a, a baseline for, for human rights and dignity. To watch them brush this off as if it shouldn't matter in the way that Dr. Ford did or anybody else did, really calls into question whether or not they do care about those fundamental rights or if they just want power. Well, I think it suggests they just want power. It does. And it also suggests that um, they're kind of hardening into a ruling class mindset where you're not even allowed to challenge the consistency of their position on anything because they are the good people. They are the higher people. It's a little bit like the CCP, and not to sound too um, Steve Bannon about it. But it has crossed my mind that, that, well, the latest polls suggest that Biden's doing well. And this is, well, this story's been bubbling away for about 10 days about him and Tara Reid. And I wonder if it's actually helping him. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, for a lot of people who are fair-minded, they don't like to see someone going through the, the ringer 
of a sexual allegation, sexual abuse allegation, when they don't know. And, and because people are fair-minded, they sympathise mm-hmm. with the man, in this case, that that's happening to. Do you think I might be onto something there? I think you are onto something. I think there was a lot of support for Brett Kavanaugh when he was accused. There's definitely a sense for a lot of people that if they can't have a fair trial, you almost lean towards them. And and again, this is what's so horrible about the process for the men and women involved, is that it's just it's essentially Twitter deciding whether you're guilty or not. And that's, I think, the average person who doesn't like Twitter, even if they don't like the, the political candidate, will sympathize with that being a horrible process. But this is why Biden's challenge to the reforms to Title IX, I find so baffling. So it is consistent to say, I believe I am innocent, and I also believe that other men could be innocent and should at least be given a fair hearing when they are accused. It is not remotely consistent to say, I am innocent, but I want to presume that all the other men who are accused are guilty. And there really just have been countless stories about young men who have lost their futures over the Title IX requirements that universities have have been pressured into taking up. And it's such a hard thing to talk about because I don't know if they're guilty. You don't know if they're guilty, Freddie. But the whole point is that there has to be a process to find out. And so it just reeks of a lack of awareness. It reeks of a lack of understanding, but also a sense of entitlement. Like, it's fine for me to have the get out of jail free card, Mm. but other men aren't entitled. It's just baffling to me how what seem to be extremely measured reforms that still allow women to come forward, allow women to to have their cases heard, but give men an opportunity to respond, how that could be pushed back on by somebody who's undergoing these accusations himself. And how do you think it will affect the way both sexes vote in that if this story keeps on sort of pursuing Biden and there's, there's always this sort of talk of an investigation going on, you would think that it might put some women off Joe Biden, but the evidence so far doesn't suggest it has. But it really might put off a lot of men because, as you say, the victims of Title IX injustices are young men who have their lives ruined by an accusation. I suspect that this is developing so far away from the election and, frankly, especially with the backdrop of COVID-19. I think a lot of the things that would generally run for months and and be remembered and be brought back up are, are... both candidates might benefit from the fact that those go to the wind a bit. Both of them say some pretty silly stuff and both of them have some pretty strange positions. So in that sense, they may both benefit from it. A lot of people have been talking for the past few years about what happens to the right-leaning suburban women who were never particularly thrilled about Donald Trump. Many of them certainly voted for him, but others have thought if you get a different Democrat candidate in there, they may go the other way. And, you know, it is a question mark as to how long this stuff will stay with them. If they didn't like the Kavanaugh case, presumably in support of Dr. Ford, they're not going to like this either, presumably in support of, of Tara Reid. So very difficult to say. I would just say, though, to end on a bit of a pessimistic note, I suppose, given the fact that many of the criticisms of Trump and his language about women that he didn't just say in the past, but he used during the general election back in 2016, weren't particularly held against him when it came to voting time. I'm not convinced that that this is going to cut through for Joe Biden either. I think in terms of American politics, partisan politics and party support trump basically everything else. Yeah. Well, I think Trump was smart enough to to actually sympathize with Biden rather than to pile in on the on the attacks, mm. which I think so is a sort of political nous there perhaps. 
Well, he knows that he had accusations put against him in 2016. I'm sure that I, I wouldn't be surprised anyway if there were more in, in 2020. He was very happy to use Bill Clinton's accusations against his opponent, Hillary Clinton. But, you know, it just, it feels really crummy, Freddie. As an American, as somebody who actually, you know, I know very unpopular, but likes sensible candidates. It feels really crummy to be in a position where the two major parties for years now have just had these swirling accusations of sex actual assault. Some may not be true. Some will be true. And it just feels like the American people aren't being given a particularly good choice. I felt that way for a while. I, I know there will be those who are huge Trump enthusiasts and, you know, huge Biden enthusiasts think that it's an extension of the Obama era. But for me, it suggests that we probably need some fresh blood in there. People who don't have decades and decades worth of of history that can lead to a sexual assault case. Or perhaps it means that you, certainly for the Democratic Party, I mean, really, you can only have a woman candidate from now on because almost any male candidate, you know, if you want to take, accuse him, no matter how thin the grounds are, that's going to become a story that will dog them for months. Yeah, I mean, it's it's harder for the Democratic Party, you're right, because their mantra of believe all women and their uptake of the hashtag MeToo movement and all of that means that if it happens to their candidate, in a way, it seems much more hypocritical than if it happens to a Republican. But I, I think it's problematic if it happens in either party. A friend said to me the other day, you know, this is the problem when you have people who just have long political histories. And I said, well, that wouldn't be true for Mitt Romney. I mean, there are a few good ones out there. There really are. But we just keep picking the ones that don't seem to fit into that box. Well, let's end by asking, I'm going to be the judge and you're the jury. Okay. Under Title IX, pre-Trump era, Title IX, Obama era, Title IX, how do you find the defendant, Joe Biden, based on this historic allegation? Well, the problem, Freddie, is that as the sole decider, I can pick whatever I want, which is pretty much how the former Title IX uh, (laughs) regulations worked. So, you know, being a a fair-minded person... <laughs> Being a fair-minded person, I'm going to say the jury's still out. But I think if he were at Harvard or Yale or any other top university, he could be looking at a, a much harsher sentence. Very sensible answer. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. 